And we are off and running. It's the start your Sunday, KCOU 88.1. Today, exclusively on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to your music and podcasts. Thank you for joining us. Our second show of 2020, Harrison Vapling on hand. Joined today, Jake Circus filling in for Garrett Pave. Garrett is out. Jake filling in. Jake's filled in on the show a couple of times. Jake, welcome in. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you for having me. It is actually 2021. I think you're Wait, aware of that. You, you you did say 2020, but we are it's, away it's from the year 2020. It's it's 11:53 here on the East Coast, so uh, you know you get a little tired, you know, when you have these late night shows for the early morning. But hey, you know we're making it count. We're having a good time. A lot of good football today, and we'll we'll start with let's start with the games today. And I guess we'll go in order of the games that happen. Buffalo, Indianapolis, and. All week long, and maybe probably for the past month, there was a lot of hype around Josh Allen. There was, he was getting in the MVP buzz. He was being talked about as, you know, one of the more highly anticipated playoff games that, I guess, in Buffalo history, because they haven't had a home playoff game in 25-plus yeah. years. And people were building up this Josh Allen talk. Like, he was already a top-five quarterback secured, and that he had already proven things that, that's because that's how people were acting. And then he comes out today. And I don't want to say Josh Allen was bad because he was 26 to 35, 324, two touchdowns, no picks, technically no turnovers. He was sacked twice, but he had a fumble that uh, he got back. Mirac- I think the Buffalo offensive lineman got back miraculously. But I wouldn't call this a super impressive win for Buffalo, a team that I would say right now is the second highest Super Bowl favorite in most sports books. And I think most people I'm looking at who – predicted who to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City was the number one, but I think I could say confidently I saw Buffalo as number two, and they they got the win today, 27-24 over the Colts, but it really felt like, you know, Buffalo wasn't super impressive. And there was a, a couple plays go differently in that game. If the fumble doesn't get recovered by Buffalo, if the Colts convert that fourth down in the red zone, they miss, also missed a chip shot field goal. It didn't, like, a couple plays go differently. I think the Colts win this game. Jake, what were your thoughts on Bill's Colts? So I think there's multiple ways to look at it. Yes, you're right. When we talked about it, when, when Allen did fumble the football in the, towards the end of the fourth quarter, and we we're like, okay, the Colts recovered that football. That's probably a worse play than the backwards pass that Allen lost on, yep. on the game against, the, against Houston last year. So yeah, he did have that. But I mean, overall, the Bills really were not that efficient on offense. They had less first downs. They were only two of nine on third down. They only ran 58 total plays. And at halftime, we were talking about this is exactly the criteria and, and the the mix for, for the Colts. If they want to win this game, they were dominating the time of possession. Jonathan Taylor was on pace for over 100 yards. They were really good on third and fourth down. The Colts were in a great position to win this game at halftime. But the first couple of drives coming out of the locker room, the Bills really took control of this game. And that's where I give the edge to Buffalo, where they can just come out of halftime. They're so well coached that they can, a couple balls, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley here and there, and two underrated backs. I know Zach Moss had a bad game, but Singletary almost ran for 100 yards. Uh, you know, a couple runs here and there. This is a very dangerous offense. And, and again, they're well coached. So that's where I would give the edge to Buffalo over Pittsburgh, over Cleveland, over Baltimore. Is they can they can come out of the locker room and just overwhelm you those first couple of drives. And that's exactly what they did today. Did you say Singletary ran for almost 100 yards? Did he? Singletary had three carries. Singletary had three carries, 21 uh, yards. My bad. Oh, wow. You're good. You're good. I, Okay, well, I mean, I'm gonna go back and reference. Al- Allen had 11 carries today. He averaged he averaged uh, f- five yards a carry, but there you go. Uh, okay. so you referenced earlier the the Josh Allen lateral that was in the final drive of last year's playoff game against Houston, where he was trying to make a play, tried tossing it back to Dawson Knox on a run, and the ball bounced out of bounds. That was a play that Jake was referencing. Where did Gabriel Davis come from? Four catches, 85 yards. He made some huge plays down the stretch in that half after the Michael Pittman dropped in the end zone when it was, I think, the Colts were up three, trying to go up 10, going for a fourth down. Pittman couldn't haul it in. Gabe Davis makes some big plays down the field. Eventually, uh, I think uh, Dawson Knox scored that touchdown. Oh, no, it was uh, Allen ran for the touchdown at the end of the half. And Buffalo took the lead from there and kind of turned on the Jets. The Bills had won their last six games after the Hale Murray game against the Cardinals. They've won all those games by double digits. And this was the first really dog fight they were in. It was a close game in the fourth quarter. The Colts were marching down the field. 
with a chance to tie or possibly win the game. We have this fourth down play with the uh, completion to Zach Pascal, and he was down but got back up, and the ball came out, and they called it a fumble. Or I think they called him down by contact. Then they took a 15-minute review just to say it was the ruling on the field stood. That was chaos there. And then Phillip Rivers had four chances to move the ball and threw four straight incompletions. It was the classic Phillip Rivers. If this is the end of his career, ending with a drive down three where he couldn't score is the perfect ending. What do you think of that? I think the only thing more fitting would have been if it ended on a turnover. That's what I was thinking. I was waiting for the pick. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean Phil Rivers was, was fine today. The Colts weren't going to advance in the playoffs with with great performances from Phil Rivers. They were going to need to, to play better defense. And I think at times this game, that their defense really played well. Uh, Buffalo, went, Buffalo went two of nine on third down. And even though the Colts got outscored, by um actually no they didn't they actually won the second half which was actually crazy and, and they still lost this game and they they got outscored the second half which i just found that out right now but they had more yards they they threw for more yards they ran for over 60 more yards buffalo really controlled this game for most of it but, but again it's the lack of quarterback play from philip rivers that eventually led to the colts losing this game on the road so we'll we'll finish this game in a second Focusing a little more on Buffalo, I feel like the Colts kind of gave the recipe of how to beat this team. They had long drives where they controlled the clock. They had a seven-and-a-half-minute, yeah. 15-play drive where they missed a field goal. They didn't even get points out of a huge drive that took over like half the third quarter, I think it was. And I think the recipe is, yes, you got to keep Josh Allen off the field. You have to move the ball, take a lot of time, control the pace, and then when you know Buffalo has the ball, you got to make Josh Allen put some pressure on him, have him make mistakes. The, question, the problem was Stephon Diggs. Six catches, 120 yards, and a score had a big 36-yarder. That kind of, I think that was in result of their last drive where he scored the touchdown. Looking ahead for Buffalo, they're going to the division round now for the first time since 1994. I want to say, how does Buffalo clearly has to get better? They can't play the way they did today and expect to beat a team like Pittsburgh or Kansas City or I I don't want to say well, but no, no, no. So I think I should say. What do you think? What is, I think you're right on both. What does Buffalo so, do better? I think that they still match up great against Kansas City because those are two dynamic teams that can just go down the field immediately and, and just score points. Um, because it's it's interesting to me because they already beat Pittsburgh. They're I think they'd roll through Cleveland, and the one team that I'm worried about for them is Baltimore because. Baltimore can dominate you in possession in, in time of possession. They can dominate you in the run game differently than what Cleveland can because Lamar, because their run game is heavily based with Lamar for the Browns. It's just kind of pounding the rock in, in two, one personnel. Baltimore can run the ball when there's three wide receivers on the field. So because of Lamar's ability to escape. So I think if, if we're talking about dominating the game with time of possession, Baltimore is more suited for that. So I think if, if Buffalo is matched up with Baltimore, that's the hardest game for them. Still, obviously playing the Chiefs is, is super challenging, but I think they still roll through Cleveland, and I think that they would also beat Pittsburgh once again, especially at home. So here's how that works. If Pittsburgh wins tomorrow, they're automatically – we're seeing Pittsburgh at Buffalo next weekend. If Pittsburgh yeah. were to lose – they will play the winner of Baltimore, Tennessee, which two teams that can control the clock and run the ball. But the problem is Tennessee doesn't have a good defense. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Let's move on to the next game. Los Angeles at Seattle. They played 13 days ago. Same field, Lumen, Lumen Field, out in the Pacific Northwest. It was a dominating 20-9 to performance for Seattle. The defense played great. They were to run the ball well. Fast forward 13 days. Seattle's favorite again. But and we see John, Teen Wolf, Wolf Man, the Wolfie, <laughs> call him whatever he wants. John Wolford got the start as I thought he would. Played pretty well in the first drive or so. Gets knocked down a hit from Jamal Adams, went shoulder to the helmet. If this was the college game, everyone can admit Jamal Adams would have been ejected for targeting, which probably would have hurt the Seahawks. But that we can go into that in a little bit. Jerry Goff comes in, and was terrible his first couple of drives, then hit a 45-yard ball to Cooper Cup. And I can honestly say that was one of the best performances I've ever seen of Jared Goff's career. Despite the numbers, 9 of 19, 155 and a score, 
he was efficient. And there was a running back from Florida State, Cam Akers, the rookie running back, 28 carries, 131 on the round, and a score, also two catches, 45, including a huge one. I think that was late in the half that set up his rushing touchdown. The Seahawks offense was nowhere to be found, just like most of the second half this season. Russell Wilson had the worst game of his career, I can confidently say, 11 of 27 and 174 through the air. Two touchdowns, one came in garbage time and a pick. Yep. Five sacks. I think that's the most he's taken all year. A quarterback rating. I know Jake's high on that of seventeen point six. DK Metcalf. No, I'm high on passer rating. Not passer rating. QBR is disgusting. Passer rating. DK Metcalf five catches, ninety six yards, two scores. Chris Carson sixteen carries, seventy seven on the ground. Jake, what I'll happened? Ask you a question. What happened to Seattle? I'll ask you a question. Ask me. So a I think if you if you put put like a piece of tape on the box score, and I ask. And I asked you a question yesterday. 24 hours, 20, 20, we're 24 hours removed. Let's go back 24 hours, okay? I think, uh, let me ask you if I told you that Jared Goff played, he started because we kind of thought he might play this time last night. We figured Wolford would get the start, but maybe Goff plays a, a couple of drives, uh, a couple of series here and there. But if I told you that Goff plays the entire game, doesn't turn the ball over, and they run for almost 160 yards on the ground and an averaging almost five yards a carry. Do, do you think that they win? If I asked you that yesterday, if I said Jerry Goff did not turn it over and they ran for almost 160 yards. Yeah. Would, would you say, say yeah. that, that the Rams would have won that game? Yes, they would. Yeah. So it, it's, it's exactly what we thought, what we knew the Rams needed to do to win Jared Goff or, or Wolf or whoever was going to play quarterback need to take care of the football. And they were going to dominate Seattle because Seattle, as well as Seattle's defense has played over the last seven, eight weeks, pretty much since Jamal Adams came back. Like this, this defense still does not have great personnel. And even though playing at home in the playoffs where they've been here so many years out of the last five, they six years, and I know it's a, previously it's a different team, but games. 10 straight home playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, this and maybe changing the name of instead of CenturyLink, maybe changing it from Lumen. The obviously that you know the twelfth man, the fans weren't there, and that obviously plays a, a huge, huge is a huge factor. But the difference, right? But the Rams did everything that they needed to do to win. If we were going to evaluate this game twenty four hours ago and say what do they need to do to win, they did all that. They kept they uh, they took care of the football. They ran the ball down their throats. And, of course, I mean, they were always going to play defense because what did Russell Wilson do against a division opponent in San Francisco who has good defense? Bad. What did he do like he did 13 days ago? Bad. And then three, what, five weeks ago, the other game against the Rams? Like We knew that the Rams were going to play defense against Russell Wilson because Jalen Ramsey was going to lock down DK Metcalf. He did. I don't care that he had two touchdowns. Jalen Ramsey had a great game once again. The Rams were just the better team for, for 60 minutes. This is a little different, though, because this is the first time we could really say in Russell Wilson's career we could walk out of the game and say Russell Wilson was bad today. Russell Wilson hurt his team. The only other time we could maybe say that was the NFC Championship against Green Bay where he actually won the game, where he came back from down 16 in the late final minutes of the game and won in overtime. Russell Wilson was possibly the reason the Seahawks lost today. He was – I don't want to say he was missing throws, but he didn't look like playoff Russell. Playoff Russell in the past had made crazy plays, throwing backwards, spinning out of tacklers, and making big plays downfield. He did that once today on the deep ball to Met- on the deep ball to Metcalf. He just didn't have that factor. He only had 11 completions in the game. Only like I think six Seahawks caught a pass today. It was the recipe for disaster for Seattle, and giving so much credit to what the Rams do. Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator. An outstanding job with the game plan. Not, you know, holding Tyler Lockett to do catches. They completely took away Seattle's run game, which had been their bread and butter over the last couple of weeks. And to the Rams' offense, controlled the clock. I think they had one time possession, like 34 or 26, something in that range. They controlled the clock. And Jared Goff didn't make any crucial mistakes. And that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I think going – so going um, – I'm looking at the, the game logs right now. Um, his previous three postseason games against Dallas, Philadelphia, and Green Bay, he was pretty good pass ratings above 100. Then the Atlanta game where they lost to the Falcons in that divisional round, he was a pretty subpar. And then other than that, they lost to Carolina. But the game before that, Minnesota, 
the 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 famous Blair Walsh game. That was Russell Wilson's worst postseason game. Sorry, to date, it was negative. Other than it was negative twenty right, degrees, yeah. and throwing that football is like throwing a basketball. It's because I think Jake then, a little experience playing football in cold weather. Right. So so then that and then and, and then of course the Green Bay game and those those games definitely compared to this to, to the one today and. Yeah, he, he was he was bad today, but it's not new this year. Russell Wilson has been playing really bad football going uh, going back the last month. Take out the Jets game. His last three games, he had a pass rating above or below 85. And regular season Russell Wilson, that's 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 not him. Like he has not gotten any help from his receivers, but specifically his offensive line. They're, they're, they went back to the 2018 Seahawks of just running the football every other play because that Doesn't team ran the football more than more than any team in the NFL that year. And Pete Carroll transformed that team in a year, and they got younger. They, they played great defense, but they but they ran the football so well in 2018. It it looked like today that that they were trying to go back to that Seahawks team, and they just couldn't. Yeah, let's let's talk about Jamal Adams. Seahawks in July gave up. Two first rounders, Marcus May, no, no, uh, Bradley McDougal, and yep. a third rounder. I think that was a trade for Jamal yep. Prez Adams. It was. And later I think said they got. That, I think they got a pick back. Yeah, it was uh, later said that Adams was playing with a torn labrum and a couple of broken fingers in his left hand. But even with that, he he was awful today. The momentum changing play was when he threw it when Golf on third down threw a deep ball to Cooper Cup that he went over Jamal Adams and made the catch. Adams missed so many tackles in this game. He finished, I think, with four tackles. He wasn't the Jamal Adams we knew that from plays he'd made early in the season. And, you know, Adams wasn't great all year. Can, is it safe to say that the Seahawks trade for Jamal Adams is a whiff? Um, well, he's been one of the worst coverage defenders in all of football. Like, Jamal Adams is a liability when he's not rushing the passer. That's, so, that's the only thing he's good at, arguably. Well, he's having his worst run defensive season of his entire career. And this is this is all according to, P, to Pro Football Focus. He has he's having his worst run defensive season ever as a pro. His coverage grade is fifty three point one, and his the, the uh, opposing quarterback's passer rating when targeting him going into this game was one twenty one point seven. He's allowed three touchdowns, and. Everyone tells me, oh, but he has 11 and a half sacks this year. He, he, he's the, the energizer on that Seattle defense. But when you're consistently a liability for 75% of your snaps, because he's only, he's only had 102 pass rushing snaps this year. He's been in coverage almost 500 times. So over a quarter of his snaps are in coverage. He is a liability over a quarter of the time. And look, he's a good player. But if 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 you want to sell the farm trade two premium picks and a, star, a, a starting safety for a box safety who's a liability over a quarter of the time, the Jets fleece them. They fleece yeah. them, and then the Seahawks are probably going to pay Jamal Adams upwards of fifteen million dollars a year and seventeen or eighteen million dollars a year. Buda Baker makes sixteen. There's no reason why Jamal Adams can't go north of that. Um, Jesse Bates will probably make 15, 16, two in the next 12 months when he signs his deal. But like <laughs> the I Jets fleece the Seahawks. I agree. And it, I think Jamal Adams got more hype than he did was because he was playing on a defense with practice squad players with the New York Jets, where players that are out of the league now, an untalented defense where Jamal Adams was flying over the field making plays. So it had the appearance that, oh, he's a C lead player. And then he's going to Seattle, who actually has, you know, better football players than, let's say, the New York Jets have. And now you're playing against better quarterbacks. You're not playing against, like, I don't know, who the Dolphins played last year? Uh, Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen before he was really Josh Allen. And Tom Brady last year when he wasn't good. And even the years before that, when Ryan Tannehill was a starter and the Bills were running out, guys like Tyrod Taylor, yeah, Jamal Adams looked good. Now you're playing against Jared Goff and Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo, who are significantly better starting quarterbacks than the ones he faced on the AFC side. And, you know, Adams, he's been decent. I think he'd be a better linebacker than he has safety, and he's a liability in coverage, like you said. And I agree, the Jets fleece them, and they'll obviously have to give him an extension because of how much they gave up to get him. But let's flip the script for a second. The Rams, they're heading back to the division round for the third time in four years? 
Uh, if that sounds right, they, they lost. No, no, they lost Wild Card Weekend, didn't they, to Atlanta? Second time in three years. Yeah. So they're heading back to the divisional round. They're either going to take on New Orleans or – No. If I, no, I, they're, I just they're taking on Green Bay. If, okay. No, no, no. New Orleans if, plays Tampa. If the Saints if win – So this is the deal for the Rams. If the Saints win tomorrow, the Rams will go at the Packers. The Bucks will go to New Orleans. If the Bears win tomorrow, the Bears will go to the Packers. The Rams will go to the Bucks. Yeah. I, let's take a wild guess and say the Saints win tomorrow. I know I'm putting out on a limb. Let's say the on Saints. Nickelodeon. Can't wait for that. Let's say the Saints beat Mitch Trubisky somehow. They're going <laughs> to Green Bay. And I think that's a tough matchup for the Packers it could, because the Rams can obviously run the ball. But I don't know the health of John Wolford, but I think you got to start golf. Do you agree? Yeah, golf will start. As as long as he's not on like less healthy than he was today, golf will start. I agree. And I think that's exciting. And we are we're a lot closer than we think to a Ram Saints NFC championship game. That which just for um, Well, I I think that's pretty disrespectful to Green Bay. Well, uh, also Tampa, like, like even though New Orleans has beaten Tampa twice this year, Tampa's a different team than what they were when I said they were the best team in football. <laughs> Like, like this is the this is the ta- and and we're gonna talk about that. We in can a second, but this is the right Tampa now. Team. We can transition this right now into Tampa. Okay, Washington. but but I I think you're being a bit disrespectful to Green Bay. Like I'm not. I'm just saying. I would I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams are almost a double digit underdog against. No, the I'm just like, saying that. I'm predicting we are close to. Let's hypothetical if the Rams upset Green Bay. Who wants to see that? That, that that's gonna be a boring game. I get the narrative for that, but who narrative, really wants to see cool Rams narrative. Saints when when you can get Bucks Packers, you can get Packers Saints. I, who I want Saints Rams. I just want to see Bucks Saints next weekend, which I think we're pretty close to. Yeah, me Speaking too. Speaking of me those too. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they took on the Washington Football Team tonight, defeated them 31-23. Tom Edward Patrick Brady the second, Thomas 22 of 40, 381 through the air, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, who it's. Hadn't had a huge game this year. 19 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Evans, six catches, 119 in his playoff debut. Chris Godwin, five catches, 79 yards. Antonio Brown, two catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. But the story of the game, Taylor Heineke, despite losing 26 to 44, 306, touchdown and a pick, ran for 46 more, and a touchdown. He was sharp and... I don't know if you want to – we'll start with Tampa. We'll jump to Heineke in a second. Brady had his best playoff performance since Super Bowl 52. Super Bowl 52. I'll say it. I started for a second. That was the best playoff game Brady had since then. Um, wait, uh, the one against KC. Well, no, the one against KC. Where he threw multiple interceptions? I don't know. Where, where he went down and won the game in overtime. Yeah. Let's just – we'll stick with this. How good was Brady? Brady was slinging it tonight. Like Brady, Brady had a great game tonight. Tom Brady was really good, but he has been good the, the last month. Like this is this is the Bucks team that I said we were gonna. I, it, they just came a little bit, a little like three weeks later than what I thought. I said I told you by Christmas time that this team was gonna be one of the best teams in football. And I think last week, if you would rate the Tampa Bay Bucks of where they were, a lot of people had them going to the NFC title game. Like this is a really this Tampa team has gotten better. I would I would go back to halftime of the Chiefs game. Tom Brady's pass rating since halftime of that game is over 130. Like he's only thrown one interception to 14 touchdown passes since halftime of that Chiefs game. And more importantly, they figure out how to run the ball. Fournette is the lead yeah. guy now. Fournette is he has to be. He has to be. And this is a guy I, three I, years ago I, in Jacksonville. I like Ronald Jones. Three years ago in Jacksonville, we were talking about this guy's the best running back in the league. Who was carrying that team to he the He ran league. for 1,400 yards. Like, now, this is the guy who has ran like for 1,400 yards option. in a season. Now he's like the fifth option on this Tampa Bay team, which is scary. Yeah, I mean, Wentz, like, like this is a team that, that was given Evans and Godwin, plus Bruce Arians, and then they added Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette over the course and of Ron the Kowski. season. Yes, yes, it, and, and, and Rob Gronkowski. He had no catches. I didn't, I didn't hear his name. No catches, one target. Yeah, I. But, but Cameron Bray was really good tonight. He was. He was the tight end one like two years ago before OJ Howard actually yeah. started playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Tampa Bay ceiling. You think they're a Super Bowl team? I yes. I, yeah. 
I have to agree. This is the best Brady has looked since the end of the 2017 season and the beginning of the 2018 season. He is playing sharp. He has weapons galore. He's got four good receivers, two good backs, two good tight ends. He's got the Noah arcs, the Noah's arc of offense and two good tackles as well. I, w- I would hope they're, so. They're peaking at the right time. They are the yeah, they are. And then up. when Ronald Jones is going to come back next week off the, the, the COVID list, we'll just hope that they, that they stay track and keep running the football with Leonard Fournette and not try to get Ronald Jones involved in the passing game because, like, Fournette's the third down guy, the, the, the pass-catching back of the two. So – I would bring Jones back just as a pace change running back. This offense should be should be run with with uh, number twenty eight in the backfield. All right. Uh, quick thoughts on Washington and Taylor Heineke. Go. He's a franchise quarterback. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, he's, he was good. Tell me, it I'm was wrong. fun. Tell me, but, I'm wrong. He's going to start week one for Washington next year. Um, unless they give out. A hundred plus million dollars to Dak Prescott, or or take on Stafford's contract. You're correct. A lot of money to Dak Prescott. Yes, I will say unless I'll say this, and you can clip this. I'll unless they give out a massive contract to Dak Prescott, which I don't think will happen, or they take on Stafford's Matt, Matt Stafford's contract. Taylor Heineke will be the starting quarterback for Washington next next year. Like I think he's good. Like. When he jumped in, flew in. No, the- well, he he came in after they benched Haskins. Uh, he, I don't remember which team. Back the Carolina and game. he, yeah, the Carolina game. He looked good, and I was like, okay. And then, um, we weren't sure if Alex Smith was going to play this week, but he and he played. I said they're going to cover plus ten. They're going to have a chance to win the game, and he was good. Like he didn't look scared. Normally, no. when backup quarterbacks come in, they take a lot of sacks. They they uh they're not good transferring from second to third read specifically. He did all that tonight. He escapes pressure, and the best play of the night was when I think over half the quarterbacks in the league take that sack. He didn't, and he scored a touchdown on it. I was expecting more of a Nate Sudfeld performance when Heineke went out there, and he played really well. Not a great first half. They could have used some more points, which ended up hurting them. But he made the big plays in the second half. But Tampa's defense stepped up at the end, like they had for a lot of the season. They needed to get one stop at the end, and they did so. They put pressure on him. I don't remember who got the sack on third and 10. And on fourth and 21, they made a play downfield. I think it was Levante David. They have so many good linebackers in that team. And look, if they play New Orleans next week, which we think they will, then, you know, it'll be about stopping Alvin Kamara. Let's, let's quickly talk about New Orleans-Chicago, because I think we both agree on this game. What's if the Bears win this game? What are what are we saying tomorrow? Like, how do they do it? That they have to bring Mitch, Mitch Trubisky back. No, what is? Let me rephrase. Oh, oh, oh! oh. What um, if, how do if we're the, the Bears win at this time tomorrow? What are we talking about? What did they? How? What their did they defense. Do? Their defense. I don't think they they put up thirty. Like this game probably will go over because the Bears are going to score twenty. 20, 21, 24 points. I don't see why Trubisky wouldn't have a great game. He's played in the playoffs before, even though he didn't win. I mean, he put his team yeah, in spot to win that game. At, against, I know, but he, he's he been here before. I I don't think he's going to come out and, and just have a complete duck of a performance. But uh, <laughs> as Harrison is smelling his socks. Uh, I can't <laughs> confirm that. Um, no, there should be no reason why New Orleans doesn't win this game comfortably, but they're like they have the the complete roster advantage. Drew, Drew Brees has all of his toys back. Michael Thomas is coming back. Alvin Kamara is going to play tomorrow too. There, there should be no reason why New Orleans doesn't win this game, but I can see Chicago maybe coming back, making it close. But their defense needs to needs to, to show up because it it can't all just be on on Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Mooney's not playing. He was ruled out today, and I don't, I don't know how Chicago is going to stop New Orleans or specifically Alvin Kamara without Roquan Smith, either. I agree. I think this is a blowout. Like, I don't think this Bears have any chance in the world of winning this game. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I, I think the Saints could be in for a Super Bowl run. I think they're due for one. With the three straight heartbreaking playoff losses, all at the end of the game, the, the Minnesota miracle, the PI controversy against the Rams, and the overtime loss last year in Minnesota. 
I think they're due for one of these times to just make a run. I think this is the year for them. I think Breeze is going to go out with a trip to the Super Bowl, well, quite possibly. I would, I would like to see that because if we don't, and I, and I'm not agreeing with this, I. I took Drew Brees out of my top five quarterbacks of all time after that Rams game. He was not good in that game. They did not trail the entire game uh, up until that Greg Zerline field goal in overtime that won the game. I was against Brees that game. He, he played bad. But the consensus will be if they if they lose to Tampa next week, which they're, they're probably going to play Tampa. If, if they lose, everyone's the, the national media is going to say, even though he is Super Bowl over a decade ago, Drew Brees – Maybe even Sean Payton don't know how to win playoff games. Like that will be the thing. And I think it's going to be really crappy for Drew Brees to go out like that because this is, this is his best team he's ever had this season uh, with, with the most weapons with yes. Since that, since that Super I Bowl think, team, I think the 2018 since team, that Super Bowl team, this is the, this is the best, this the is the best thing team he's had. I think the 2018 team is better, but that team, Kamara, Williams, Lattimore, all first, second year players. Now they're all in their primes. This and is, I know that that year was different Drew Brees. So it, it's a give and take. But I think when all, when all said and done, this is the best. Because Cameron Jordan's having a way better year than he did in 2018. I think this is the at least the first or second best Saints team we've seen since that Super Bowl team. So all I'm saying is that's going to be a crappy way for Drew Brees to go out. Because I'm telling you, that's what everyone's going to be talking about. If they lose, if, if they, they lose as a favorite to Tampa next week, even though I think Tampa is going to win that game, the, the consensus will be Drew Brees doesn't know how to win playoff games, which is stupid because he has the ring. Yeah. The, the one ring doesn't separate you as an all-time great. That was the issue. That's why Peyton Manning, is an all-time great. That's why a second for Peyton Manning. Well, I'm talking about once you get the Mount Rushmore category. That's why second for Peyton Manning was as huge as it was. I think that they're going to make a run. I, I would expect them to win tomorrow by double digits. I'm taking the Saints uh, 41-20. Wow. Uh, let's quickly do Browns-Pittsburgh before we go deep into Baltimore-Tennessee because I know we will. Uh, ask you the same question. The Browns win this game. How did they do it? Um, I don't see a world where the Browns win this game. Really? There's so much going against them, other than the fact that they're just Cleveland, and they're gonna they're gonna Cleveland up this game. You're facing Pittsburgh, more specifically Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, who don't lose these types of games. Like other than facing a couple good Denver teams, a couple really good New England teams, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's really good early on in the playoffs. They're not losing this game. Yeah, when they're playing teams like Miami. And they're, Kansas City, well, and I guess they play Cincinnati. But, but that's what this—that's what this Browns team is. That, that's what they are. Exactly. They're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're they're not a great eleven and five. Or what do they go? Eleven and five. Eleven and five. We're another dot They are not a great eleven and five team. But honestly, well, not neither Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh went twelve and four. A twelve and fourteen that's lost four of their last five. Yeah, so I, t- tomorrow night's going to be really messy, but <laughs> Cleveland almost lost to their backups last week. They, they had to go all out. Uh, Stefanski being out does not help. Th- this is setting up for a Pittsburgh blowout win. I completely agree. You know, if Juju will be doing the, you know, the Corvette, Corvette, all probably in the end zone, Juju's will probably – I think Juju's in for a, a big game. I don't know. He's been getting a lot of hate because of the, the TikTok antics. I could see Juju be in for – you know, one of the bigger games of his career. You know, first time in a playoff game as, you know, the guy. I could, think it, it could be his last game in a Pittsburgh Steelers that, uniform. That is true. I, heard the, uh, I don't think he resigns. The Bengals will have some big interest. I know you're really excited about that. As a big fan of Juju. If, uh, if Juju Smith-Suster signs with uh, the Bengals, I'll get a tattoo of him on my back. Okay. And we'll, we'll have that on record now. The Browns have a good run game. Chubb and Hunt are great, but the Steelers up front defense is as good as any team. But the problem is yeah. they can't run the ball on their own side, and the Brown, but the Browns have struggled stopping the run regardless. So, yeah, kind of all even to tell. <laughs> so, something has to give. Something th- Baker, this Nate, is Baker, a perfect... Mayfield, Baker Mayfield needs like a three hundred yard game, which is impossible. I don't know. This, we could be looking at Ben Roethlisberger's final win as a Pittsburgh Steeler in the postseason. It, it, they should why, win. The game. Why, why do you Why do you say that? They're They're set up. They're going to be very good next year. Next year. I, well, I, think, I dude, I if, the if they're bad team. next year, that's that's great for us, dude. If, if the Bengals beat Pittsburgh twice next year, year. I, I don't think they're gonna be very good next behind, year. Behind us, behind the Bengals, I think the Ravens and Bengals could potentially be better next year. 
What about the Browns? The jury's still out on the Browns. I need to see another year. I, I think I if, if the it's, Bengals – If the Bang right. If if the Bengals are competitive next year, that division might be not might become the new better NFC East where you cannot repeat in that division. Like that's what that division might look like for the next 10 years. Um, because Pittsburgh and Baltimore are always going to be good, and we don't know. And, t- and, and tomorrow is going to be a huge dictator of whether or not Lamar might be the quarterback for Baltimore in a couple you can, years. You can quickly transition that if you want. Yeah, but o- overall, the AFC North over the next 10 years, if Cincinnati is competitive next year, might become the NFC East in just in terms of not being able to, to repeat, but with better teams. Welcome to the latest edition of Bengals Brawl, starring Jake Circus. Uh, that, that's uh, he was he had to get a Bengals right in there. I'm surprised it wasn't about how five years ago today they played in their last playoff game. But we'll leave I hate today. January 9th. Yeah, it's a tough thing. Hey, on the bright side, right here, it's January 10th. Not right. here. Well, it's still th- a couple more hours, hours left until but January 10th. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, 0-2 in the playoffs, facing a lot of pressure tomorrow, going to Tennessee, this was his first road playoff game. He's played the first two at home as the division champion. Now going on the road to Tennessee, a team that beat them in overtime two months ago, a, a 30-24 overtime comeback win for the Titans. Tannehill's playing as well as any quarterback right now. Derrick Henry, the Russian yep. champion two years in a row, MVP finalist, leading in touchdowns, leading in carries, yards, the whole trifecta for the King Henry. But the Titans' defense is an issue, and the Ravens' offense is hot. And the Ravens have won, I think, five in a row ever since the Pittsburgh game where they were playing RG3 and he got hurt. Jake is going to try to tell me how their wins are against bad teams like Dallas and no, Jacksonville. And I'm New with York you now. Cincinnati you convinced me. And Cleveland. They won a shootout game in Cleveland. People tell me Lamar can't play from behind. Lamar can't play from behind. Then he comes in in the fourth quarter, straight out of the locker room with cramps, and leads them down the field with a game-winning touchdown drive or a, a touchdown drive, and then when Cleveland tied it, went down and kicked the field goal. So I think that should eliminate the narrative that Lamar can't play from behind. And my preseason Super Bowl pick, the Baltimore Ravens, are going to go into Tennessee and win that game tomorrow, and Lamar is going to change the entire narrative of his career this month. What do you think? I think he has to. This is a huge game for Lamar Jackson, especially that it's against uh, once again against Tennessee, exactly what it was. Uh, about this time last last season where, where they lost to Tennessee pretty convincingly. Lamar had a terrible game last year uh, in the postseason. The first playoff game that Lamar had against the Chargers. Yeah, he turned it over like four times. Yeah, I mean, like that was like, – he wasn't even supposed to start that year. They booed him off the field. I, I'm pretty sure they booed him off the field last year too. Unfortunately, there will be no oh. fans no, they're, to, they're, to they're, boo him off. Right, right. It's it's in Tennessee, so he will not be booted off the field for the third consecutive year. But this is a huge game for Lamar. I don't see a reason why he doesn't put up 30-plus against this Tennessee defense. It's, it's been prone to, to, to big plays, to, to chunk plays, both the run and the pass all year. Uh, they're the, the only team that the Cincinnati Bengals have less sacks than or have more sacks than is the Tennessee Titans. They can't sack the quarterback. They will not sack Lamar Jackson uh, tomorrow, I guarantee you. Like, they might get to him once, but Lamar Jackson will throw when he does throw. He'll throw from pretty clean pockets. He'll get outside. He'll run for a ton of yards, and they're going to put up a lot of points, and I think we're in for Baltimore blowout win tomorrow. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. If Lamar plays poorly tomorrow, the Twitter mob and the media mob are going to come after him, right? Including myself. Yes, you know. If Lamar plays well or Baltimore loses, what happens? If, if Lamar plays well and Baltimore loses, yeah, so it, it'll be probably be on their defense. Well, no, what are, what are we going to say about Lamar? Now that he's 0-3 in the playoffs, is it the same narrative? That's a crazy theoretical. Like, I, I have to see Someone that game that because earlier, if Baltimore's defense loses in that game, if Baltimore lets – because last year Ryan Tannehill did not beat them. That was Derrick Henry and the Tennessee defense. This year – I know this year Tennessee's defense is a lot worse than it was this time last year. They they lost Joe Casey, a couple of opt outs, um, and is Logan Ryan still there? Logan Ryan still there, right? No, he's gonna play for the Giants this year. Was like an All Pro. That's right. Logan Ryan left. That's that's the other one. Logan Ryan, Joe Casey, not there. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was yeah. Uh, so Logan Ryan, Joe Casey, not, not there anymore. 
And this is a different this is a different defense. It's a better offense. It's a more explosive, more dynamic offense. Tannehill is still playing very well. This time last year, Tannehill had so much momentum. He was PFF's number one graded quarterback in 2019 um, over Lamar Jackson. And same story this year, Tannehill's playing good. So to your question, I'd have to see it. I, I don't see a scenario where they lose and Jackson plays like three plus touchdowns total, 300 yards, no turnovers. If he does that, they're not losing. I don't think so. I think this is Lamar knows. Lamar has heard the narrative. He has heard that people talk about his postseason struggles, the big games he hasn't performed. He's going to perform well tomorrow. I, I'm picking Baltimore to win the AFC. I think they're going to do it. I think that they're the nobody believes in us. Last year, it was all the hype around them, how great they were. And now this year, how no one thinks they're any good. They're postseason chokers. Kansas City's so great. Buffalo's so great. Pittsburgh's good. Nobody's giving any love to Baltimore. And that's why I think I'm going to stick my love with Baltimore, put all my chips in on Lamar and John Harbaugh, a coach who has won a Super Bowl before and a good defense. And they're playing well. I'd be surprised if they didn't play well tomorrow. The last game that Lamar Jackson lost was that Tennessee game. Since then, since coming off the COVID list, he's won five straight. And now through week 10, Lamar Jackson was 23rd in completion percentage, 25th in per game 21st in uh in in yards per attempt he was not a great passer since that tennessee game since coming off the covid list 11 touchdowns three picks 115 pass rating eight yards a carry um he's been playing really good football like really really good football i agree uh let's move on to the final part of the show before we hit some rapid fire questions monday night from miami like 40 minutes that way from where I am right now. Alabama and Ohio State for the national championship. Nick Saban going for title number six with Alabama, I believe. Six. Mac Jones, great season. Devontae with Smith. His, with his sixth different quarterback or fifth different quarterback. AJ McCarron won two, so five. Okay. Devontae Smith, the high boy, my boy. Would you? You have to. It's it's January 9th for mention, and AJ McCarron. This is just not great. This is you know you know Carl, Carlos Dunlap and, and and Andrew Whitworth against each other today matched up against each other today. It's January 9th. This is not fun for me right hey, now. This is a nightmare for Jake Circus, but you know, Devontae will have a bunch of make his day a little better. Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, going did, for national did, championship. Harrison, did you know that Joe um, Burrow, who won the national championship last year, winning the Heisman? Go on, what you're going to say. That six years ago today, I was like exactly this point. I was crying. Six years ago today, oh, I said five. That was six. I messed that up. Six, 2016. Hey, no, five years ago today. January 9th, twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, five years ago. I'm a, wow. I'm an idiot. Hey, it's okay. Um, back to the national championship game. Alabama right. uh, is currently an eight and a half point favorite on FanDuel. Justin Fields' outstanding performance against Clemson in the semifinal. We tied the semifinal show last week. Jake, national championship prediction. Give it to me. I think Bama wins. I was just kidding. Uh, I can see Ohio State covering that spread, but I don't think it's really going to be that competitive. I think Bama comes out early, scores, goes up 10, 14, nothing. And then Fields kind of works his way back. You know, he's, he's a great player. But I, I, I'm not sure Fields is going to have one of those games where we're going to be talking about him going number one overall like everyone was talking about last uh, last week against Clemson. But look, if Fields goes like four touchdowns, no picks, they win the game, it's going to be so annoying for three months saying, oh, the Jaguars should take Fields. No, they shouldn't. But that's going to be really annoying. But I think he'll, he'll do good. But Bama has been prone to some big games from opposing quarterbacks this year. There should be no reason why Fields does not do that. Uh, Kyle Trask had a good game. Well, stat-wise, stat he did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Bama, Bama should win comfortably, I think. So, going back to the – I'll, first... go, I'll, I'll go 34-26, Bama. So, Ohio State covers, 34-26. Early covers, according to you. Going back to the first show of Start Your Sunday, I did a full college full recap for every conference, most teams – and it was that day I picked Ohio State to win the national championship against Alabama. I, I said my preseason national championship was Ohio State. I have rolled with them this entire year. I did a rant on October 26th about how we were on a collision course for an Ohio State 
Clemson semifinal national rematch, which we got, which I predicted Ohio State would win again, which they did. So, you know, it would make a lot of sense for me to pick Alabama at this point. Oh, I've gone Ohio State all this way. So is now the time to pick Alabama and win the national championship? I don't think it is. I'm going to keep rolling with the Buckeyes, who I've been picking all year. In every game, I have been taking them in the spread, except for the uh, Indiana game where I took the Hoosiers spread, which actually covered. I've taken Ohio State every game this year, and I'm going to roll with them again, spread and straight up. I think that Justin Fields is a big game quarterback. The only thing I'm worried about against Northwestern. They didn't cover against Northwestern. No, they didn't cover, but I think they had Northwestern that game also, but that's regardless. Of the that was my undefeated conference championship weekend. No, you did not go undefeated, Harrison. You went 4-0-1. It was a great week. It was that's a great that's... week for you. Regardless of the point. Only thing I'm worried about is Ohio State was playing this all this fire in their soul because they were thinking about this Clemson rematch all year. Clemson, 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 Clemson. Because they had the heartbreaking loss in Glendale last year. And they get Clemson, they beat them. Now I'm worried about where they go from here. Because now when you're thinking about Clemson, Clemson, Clemson all year, now all of a sudden you got Alabama next. And it's how do you turn that focus? I know Ryan Day is an outstanding coach, Justin Fields, outstanding quarterback. But how do, can they shift that mindset to Alabama? They have, they've had 10, 11 days to prepare. I think they do. I think that Chris Olave is a huge difference maker. Alabama, we know how good Patrick Sertain is, but you have the duo of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And Justin Fields has played so well in these big games. Yeah. Back. No, I don't know about that. The one last he's he, one he, he's, he's, he's 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 one out of four, one out of four in in big games. I don't know, but he's on a he's he was on a one game streak. He was better than advertised in last year's game against Clemson. I thought he was worse than he was before going back and watching some more of that. I think he makes the plays. I think he's just this is all setting up for a season that was not that wasn't even supposed to happen for Ohio State. They weren't supposed to play any games this year, and it was. In fact, Justin Fields and the Ohio State program that was pushing to have a season. And wouldn't it just be so fitting if Justin Fields, you know, hoists the college football playoff trophy Monday night after a season that shouldn't even happen for them, that he leads his team to an undefeated season and the Buckeyes win the title. Trey Sermon has just been the most important player on this Ohio State team outside of Fields ever since they really started getting him involved in the offense. He's completely just taken over, had the 300-yard game against Northwestern. He had some huge plays against Clemson, I think he's playing in this game. I would assume so. You yeah. better. Now he, he's replacing who's a master, master T with Sermon was the best move that Ryan Day made all year. Yep. I think they get the job done. I'm taking Ohio State to win in overtime. 37-34. 37-34, the Buckeyes knock off Alabama. I think Mac Jones – They'll, they'll have to expose Sean Wade. That's that's the key. Find the matchups. Get Devontae Smith on Sean Wade. Get Jalen Waddle on Sean Wade and attack that. That's the key to the game for Alabama. Isn't, that's the weakness with Ohio State is their secondary. What do you think? It's It's been that all year. Like once, you know, losing Damon Arnett, losing uh, Jeff Okuda to the draft, they, they, they had to push Sean Wade back to the outside. And everyone – going into the year it was like okay Sean Wade has the tools to play on the outside and you know we're not going to draft a nickel cornerback number one uh in the first round but he tools to play on the outside and he's been terrible he's been terrible this year so yes m- matchup whoever if if Waddle plays I would put him on uh um Sean Wade if he doesn't then Smith is fine too but either way going from Clemson 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 like you said like that that was pretty much that was their national championship Quick turnaround uh, in, what, 10, 11 days, going to the team that's been the best team in college football all year long, preseason, best team in college football all year long. Uh, they've been the most dominant team. It's, it's hard. It's, it's very hard, but I think they can do it. But I just don't think they will. I think they're so well coached, and I'm excited for this. Okay, let's wrap up with some rapid-fire questions. Jake, I'm going to ask you about five or six questions with the NFL and also a little national championship talk. Don't think about it. Just give me – your answer, number one, more rushing yards tomorrow. Derrick Henry or Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins combined? Uh, Derrick Henry. I think the Titans dominate the, dominate the trenches, um, but, like, not enough to win the game. But Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry should, should run for a, at least 150. More receiving yards, Allen Robinson or Michael Thomas? Allen Robinson. Thomas just coming back. 
hasn't had more than four four catches all year. I, I don't believe uh, this is this is Allen Robinson running all over. Get game script too. Give me Allen Robinson. More He's gonna make some money tomorrow. More turnovers. He's gonna make some money. More turnovers. Mitch Trubisky or Drew Brees. Mitch Trubisky. More rushing yards for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, or more receiving yards for Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. Um, rushing yards. That's that's to be their offense. That's more, to be their offense. More receiving yards for which duo? Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, or Jalen Waddle if he plays, or if not, John Mechie and Devontae Smith. Smith Mechie. They're gonna combine for like three hundred. More like touchdowns. Those two. Final question. More touchdowns. Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. That's all the questions I got for you. That's the show. Thank you for filling in tonight, Jake. A lot of football. This is we're the seven football marathon. We're three through. We got four to go, and it's. It's the best time of year. I hope Mitch Trubisky gets slimed tomorrow on Nickelodeon. I hope they they bring out like like Selena Gomez or or, or like Dwayne the Rock Johnson with the the the, the Nickelodeon bl- uh, blimp and they just slime Mitch Trubisky a- after he beats the Saints. Just how awesome would that be? If like Selena Gomez comes out and just slimes. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. My, my good my good friend Ryan Cohen rooting for Ohio State. This weekend, I think he's excited for this game. I know national temperature mean a lot to him. I'm rooting for Ohio State. I this is ugh, awesome sports weekend ahead. It's gonna be fun. Thank you for filling in, Jake. Yep. This has been Sorry Sunday. Thank you for having me. Follow me on Twitter at Harrison Vavnik at Jake Circus on his account. We'll share this podcast show, Jake Show Meta Sports, KCOU, KCOU Meta Sports on Monday nights. Jake, when's that coming back? Um, that will come back when we get back to campus. All right. So next week. Second to last, second to last show on Zoom or Spotify exclusively back on the radio in a couple weeks. Thank you for tuning in tonight, everyone. Enjoy the football. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy the weather, except if you're in the cold weather cities. Sorry, Jake and I in the warm. Not us. Not Not us. us. All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next time on Sawyer Sunday.